In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and Christy Holly is not with us today. She is getting a root canal, so I think we're getting the better of the deal. Our show today is on foreclosures, and we're going to have as our guest uh, Doris Rivas Brecky, who you know from our Military Mom Talk radio show, along with bringing us the Mother Minute, Motherhood Minute um, from Motherhood Talk Radio. And we're also going to have Dr. Jody Bramer. She's going to talk to us. Uh, in the closing segment about the psychology behind our show today, which is about foreclosures. And a lot of you hear about foreclosures in the news. A lot of you can look like I can up and down my street and see vacant homes that have been foreclosed on. We're in Southern California out here. So we see a lot of foreclosures. In fact, right now on my Canyon, which comprises of about 15 homes, each on one acre. And um, we have right now, six homes that are unoccupied and they are uh, have been foreclosed on. They're not rented. They're vacant. It's very sad to come up and down the street and see these things and it's typical of many of our neighborhoods um, where we're seeing these vacant houses. In addition, foreclosures are still happening day to day. I myself, your host, Sandra Beck of Motherhood Talk Radio, uh, went through a foreclosure uh, two years ago, right when all the first wave of foreclosures hit. It was not my primary residence, but I went through the entire foreclosure process. And our guest today, Doris Rebus Brecky, has recently gone through the foreclosure process and moved out of her house. And she's going to share with us her experience. And we're also going to talk to Dr. Jody Bramer about the management of these experiences with respect to grief and loss and some of the different things that happen to us during the foreclosure process. I know when I was first going through the foreclosure process, I turned to the Internet. And I was amazed at how much information was out there, and quite frankly, none of it applied to me. The procedures and the steps that they said to follow when facing foreclosure did not work. Obviously, I went through the full foreclosure process. Um, the information that was out there and is still out there is confusing. It's conflicting. Some people say, pay your mortgage. Some people say, don't pay your mortgage. Some people say, get help with a real estate agent. Get help with a title or an attorney. Um, 
um, if you're facing foreclosure and you Google facing foreclosure, you're going to learn about all these delinquency and default resolutions. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of homes out there of people who have saved their homes through foreclosure. I don't know any of them. Everybody I know that I've talked to personally. Hi, Doris. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody, including me, has lost their home. You know, there's a few of my friends that got modifications through early on, but uh, I think of the couple families that have left our town here, the people on our street. Uh, everybody went through the foreclosure process. You went through the foreclosure process. My dad went through the foreclosure process, actually the deed in lieu of foreclosure process. All the homes are gone. Wow. So I don't think um, that... I want to say, you know, for kind of my opening rant here today, I want to say to the homes that are in foreclosure and the people living there that not to give up hope, obviously, but to look with a very, very jaundiced eye at the hopeful information on the internet. They tell you to do a lot of things like get organized, communicate with your lender, organize your foreclosure notices, get your most recent mortgage statements, you know, talk to your homeowner's company, um, get your tax returns, all these things. I know everybody's intending to help us stay in our homes, but what happened to me and Doris, we're going to talk to about what happened to you is that what happened to me in my home in California, and my dad in New York was that we were run around for months. We were asked by the banks, and these were two major banks, and I'm going to name them, uh, Wells Fargo and Chase Bank. Both different lenders ran us through hoops. We had to fax tax returns sometimes eight, nine, ten times because they lost yeah. it. They couldn't find yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Every time we talked to a counselor on the phone for each of these specific banks, they didn't have our paperwork. They never received it. It wasn't in the system. And we were told to record the person's name we talked to, get their ID number because you can never call them back. It was the world's biggest runaround. It was a joke for months at a time. We filled out forms for each of us, both different properties, different states, different banks, you know, different lenders, the same runaround process. And at the end of the day, we lost our home. And all that we accomplished during that entire process is learn how to hate banks, to understand that they're going to hire the cheapest, the most illiterate, and the people <laughs> who hate their job the most to handle the foreclosure process. Now, that's not to say, Doris, that some of the people we talked to weren't nice. In fact, a lot of them were like, gee, we're really sorry you're going through this. But they couldn't do anything but look at a computer screen and go, nope, you're not in the system. Nope. We don't have the files. Nope, we don't have this. And you fax your documents, your personal private documents with your social security number, your credit cards, you know, statements, all these private things. You fax it to some 1-800 number or some 188 number right, in the yeah. hopes of saving your home. <clears throat> And you talk to people who are getting paid eight bucks an hour who hate their job, could care less about what they're doing sometimes. And and you get these these recorded messages that come to your house. My phone would ring every two to three hours. And it was uh, Wells Fargo wanting to know where my payment was, wanting to know all this stuff. I was already in the foreclosure process at that time. 
I was sitting there in the kitchen cooking, watching the phone ring. Oh, there they are again. Then they tell me to send the documents. Then I fax them the documents. Then they do the interview, and I do the interview. I am not kidding you. I bet I did that 15 times, no joke. Wow. Wow. You know, and and the thing is that same story that happened to me, and I eventually was foreclosed upon, um, they sold it to my tenant. Even though we were in process of trying to sell it to that tenant, you know, it was just, it was a joke. And, you know, we try, I contacted the FHA, I called their FHA Outreach Center, which is the Federal Housing Administration, which is a part of the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development. Um, you know, and, you know, the funny thing too, Doris, is I was making modified payments. They wow. had given me a modified payment structure to hold on to this property that matched what the tenant was paying. Wow. And so I made this payment for, I don't know, let's see, September, March, April, May, June, probably five, seven months. I made this payment that was like $700 short each month. Um, But that was part of their loan modification process. And at the end of the loan modification process, I got a notice from the bank that said, oh, by the way, you owe $7,000. It was 10 months, $700 a month. I was short Hello? Thousand Uh-oh. in penalty and whatever crap fees they stuck on top of it. So now I'm in hawk for twelve thousand. And by the way, we're not accepting your loan modification program. So you have thirty days to pay us the twelve thousand dollars, which couldn't afford the seven hundred. I don't know where they thought I was gonna get this, you know, twelve thousand from. Right, right. Um, but they came back, and then they that was in, I think, July, and it foreclosed uh, August 27th. Wow. And it was wow. gone. Yep. And it was just gone. And I think that story, I know my story was the same as for my dad's um, process, and it's the same with Denise, uh, my girlfriend. There's the two women on my street that confided in me what was going on. They went through the same process. You run and you run and you do and you give and you try and you pay and you do what you can, and in the end, they take your house anyway. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, Doris, um, we've got a couple minutes to break. We're going to talk about your story um, when we get back. Um, We're going to talk about, uh, you know, the moving, the going through your stuff. um, And I want to talk to you a lot about the feelings that happen. We talk about the process, and the process is what the process is. Did you find that the information on the Internet was as ridiculous as I did? Uh, Pretty much, but I... um I still, because I didn't have a lot of people to talk about what I was finding on the Internet, so I did go to the various sites and I would make the various phone calls and uh, try to do whatever they suggested. And I just always tried to, uh, you know, be hopeful about it. And um, so I I probably put up with a lot more than you did, it sounds like. You just got exasperated, you know, right away, and um, I just, I just kept do, I just kept jumping through the hoops. Let's put it that way. Oh, and- I did too. I jumped, and my dad jumped, and Denise jumped, and my other friends jumped. <laughs> I mean, we all jumped. But you know, the funny thing is, when I look around, I'm like, I don't know anybody who saved their home. I don't either. I laugh when you said that. I thought, wow, I don't, I don't know anybody either who has. 
You know, so. it's like Rick for for today's show, Rick pulled up all this information about, you know, foreclosures and all right. these different things you can do. And I'm like, where are the success stories? Where right. are the people that, you know, if the banks and, and I'm going to take us to break right now, if the banks are really modifying homes like they say they are, right. show us some commercials, show us some advertising, show us some real people that can yeah. stand up and say, yes, Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, any of these giant you know, megalomaniac right, lenders. Right. One person, show me one person that they modified that is happy in their home, making their payments and moving on because I don't see it. Yeah. Well, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm the voice of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Doris Rivas Brecky. I know I'm all mad now. I I'm all mad. It, it brings up all these feelings. I'm going to have to have Dr. Jody Bramer for a segment, talk me <laughs> down off the wall. And I would love for any of you listening today to write in to me, call in, do whatever you want, but tell me you saved your home because I haven't heard of anybody. <laughs> your show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible then join us mondays for the leah jensen show Every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Togenet.com with Leah Jansen. Listen live as life coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, LeahJansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H, J-A-N-T-Z-E-N dot com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jensen. And listen live to The Leah Jensen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holland. 
fellas. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today solo. Christy Holly is uh, getting a root canal, so it's a good thing she's not here because she's still in her home, and I would have to pick on her for that and her fairy lights. Um, but uh, <laughs> our guest today is Doris Rivas Brecky. Our guest is also Dr. Jody Bramer, who's coming on later in the show to help us process some of these feelings. Uh, for those of you that missed the opening segment, we're talking about foreclosure. I talked a little bit about my personal experience with foreclosure and my utter disdain, distrust, and disgust for the banking system. Um, And I wanted to share with our listeners today that if you're going through the foreclosure process, be prepared to jump through hoops. Be prepared to lay all your financial and personal issues on paper and fax it to people who lose it um, and then turn around and see if you can find somebody who saved their home. Because if anybody out there is listening actually saved their home through this crazy foreclosure process, I want to hear about it. Um, So, Doris, you are fresh off the pickle boat when it comes to foreclosures. When did you lose your home? Uh, It was, or it will be two weeks Thursday that so, I finally looked back and said goodbye. And how long were you in the foreclosure process? Almost three years. Three years. So three yep. years you battled to save your home. Loan modification. Yep. 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 I went through three loan <laughs> modification programs. My dad uh-huh. went through two or three. <clears throat> so that's five. And how many did you go through, Doris? Do you even remember? I, you know what, because I, I, I'm very organized, so I have all the files, but I, I want to say three. Yeah. Three times I had to, sub, to resubmit, like, entire files of yeah, paperwork. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was. I mean, and I have kind of a short temper, so I had to bite my tongue lots of times because I couldn't understand how people could lose paperwork. Well, and the, the thing is, the short temper thing, you know me, Doris, you've known me, you know, for months now, intimately, day after day, working yes. with me in my home, on the radio show, I have a pretty good temper. And this thing wanted to make me, you know, you know, crazy, just crazy you know, yep. and, and my dad, you know, I was so angry with my dad because, you know, my dad's 75, my mom was dying of cancer, he's trying to get this loan modification through, and they're calling, we would like to talk to Beck Robert G., and my dad's <laughs> like, that's me. Um, do you live in Arkansas? No, I live in Buffalo. Well, we show that you live in Arkansas. No, I don't live in Arkansas. Where is the property located? Nope, the property is not located in Arkansas. You have wow. the wrong person. Well, but sir, oh. you're back Robert G. I mean, you want to talk about giving an old man a coronary. Right. Oh, my gosh. You know, you're already taking their home. You know, you might as well uh, talk to them with some respect because, honestly, some of the people, I got to tell you, Doris, those people on the phone, some were very nice and they were like, we're really right. sorry you're going through this. We're trying to help you. Yeah. I got to tell you, a lot of them weren't. They were like, I know. take a number. Some of them made me cry. A lot of them made me cry. Hung yeah. up the phone and cried. 
Like I remember when I was um, I was first in the foreclosure, Doris, and I think uh, Zach was still in diapers. And I remember this because I was talking to some person on the end of the line who was going over my expenses. And I oh, remember yeah. saying that I spent like $60 on diapers. And she's like, who spends $60 on diapers? And I said, well, he's, he's a baby, you know, he uses diapers. And then I'm like, I, you know, I can't use paper towels. I, I know they're cheaper. Right. And then she's, she's looking at the formula and she's wow. like, you know, you spend over $150 on formula. And I was like, yes, ma'am, I do. I said, you know, he goes through about two of these because he had health issues. He goes through like two of these tubs a week and they're about 30 bucks a tub. So four weeks is actually $250. I think it was more like 100, whatever it was. But I remember her challenging me on that. Wow. And she's like, why are you spending this much on formula? And I'm like, because my breasts don't work. If I could feed the kid, I would. He was premature. It didn't work. Didn't happen. I've got no milk. I got to buy it. He's got health issues issues. Wow. Thank you very much. You've just humiliated me in filling I know. out form. I was going to say, is that really any of their business? But <laughs> but they ask these questions. They, wow. they challenge you um, and, and they talk to you like you're some idiot. Oh, that, yeah. You know, and the thing is, Doris, you lost your home. Um, you lost your home primarily because your husband died. Yep. I lost my home because my husband left me for a local woman. (laughs) I didn't get in over my head. You didn't get over your head. Death and divorce happen. But they would talk to me like I was some person that was running around with a jet ski, a motorcycle, an RV, you know, dining at a restaurant every night. Meanwhile, I'm, you know... I've got three toilets that don't work, you know, a garbage disposal that doesn't work. Doris, I watched you move all your stuff personally. I know. It you know, gross. we are not, and we are typical of the majority of these foreclosures, real people with real jobs, with real right. problems, looking to these lenders for real solutions and getting treated like we were less than. I know. And that's when I would cry. Because I felt I was being disrespected. Well, and, and I didn't did deserve nothing. that. No. And for how many years did you own your home and pay your mortgage? Oh, my gosh. By the time I left, it was uh, almost 17 years. So 17 years, you make your payments, or 15 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Yeah, we had great payments. credit. Great credit. Everything. Right. Now, in the bank, this is the best part of it, the bank got all that money. For 17 years. And yes, you didn't pay off the whole mortgage because it's a mortgage and that is paid off over time. But with the death of your husband, you couldn't make those payments anymore and they didn't modify you. They didn't do the things that you were asking them to do. And yes, it did take three years, but ultimately they just kicked you out of their home. And I hope to God they never sell it. I hope it sits on their books (laughs) for the next 50 years. You're funny. Well, <sighs> but, you know, I can be bitter and mean. You know that as the host over here. I kind of say it like I think it and feel it. But I really think, you know, most people get on and they talk about their foreclosures and then they just cry. I lost my home. I lost my home. I don't know where I'm going to live. You know, and right. that's part of it. But I want to talk about these feelings and processes and the things that we experienced because, you know what, if somebody had come to me and you too, Doris, if somebody had come to you at the beginning of this process and said, look, it's a long shot, 
you know, you're probably going to stay a year, two, three years, but in the end, the banks make more money taking your property from you than they do working with you. And that's the reality of it. I wish somebody had said that to me. Me too, because I have a friend here. Because I would have prepared better. Right. You would propose because it's all about expectations. And my friend right. Hugh is losing his home in Las Vegas, also with Chase. And he asked me for my advice. And I said, talk to my dad. He just went through the Chase process for two years. And Hugh is in a lot better psychological state, I believe, than you or me, Doris, because we believed we could save our home. We believed right. if we just handed over everything, if we paid what we could, that we wouldn't turn around and get charged now penalty on top of what we couldn't pay. Right. That's the thing. It's like you can never catch up with the banks. And the idea that, you know, I look at this stuff, even this, you know, I know you love ABC News. I know you love all the news agencies, (laughs) but I'm looking at this facing foreclosure thing here. And it's the Pollyanna sanitized version of, hey, get help. You know, use mortgage delinquency and default resolutions. Get organized. Get your copies. You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I would love to see in these articles and then... Sit down, have a drink, look at your property, and say goodbye. Right, right. Because it's the expectation. Don't you think that part of that hope, you know, part of that we can do this, and then you do everything you're asked to do, and then they still say no, is a part of that disappointment. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's what actually happened to me, too, because they got me to the point where they said, okay, now we're talking about putting you kind of like what you said, where you were making payments. They were going to put me on a test trial payment thing. So I was waiting to hear what the amount was. And then the next letter I get is, oh, you've been denied. I'm like, what? (laughs) I got one of those. I'm like, are you kidding me? You just told me you're going to put me on a test trial. And now you're denying me for some bogus reason. Right. Well, and my favorite one, I have the letter somewhere. I'm going to post it on the internet because I'm going to post it on our radio show site because it says, congratulations. And this is like, like, I don't know, like June 13th. Congratulations. You've been approved for the, you know, idiot homeowner loan program. And then seriously, the next day I get a letter saying you don't qualify, you know, for our, you know, idiot home modification program, same bank, same loan officer person, same everything, a dated two days apart, saying I'm approved, I'm not approved, and then the best part of it, so I called to tell them I'm confused, I don't know what's going on, (laughs) and guess what? They didn't know either. (sighs) They had no idea what was going on. They're like, we don't know if you qualify, we don't know if you're part of this program. I'm like, I have written documentation dated and signed by you buffoons that says I'm modified and right, that it says right. I'm not or I'm eligible yeah. for a program that I'm not eligible they had no idea and I felt bad because I would get so upset with these people and they didn't I have know. the power to do anything it wasn't really their fault they were just part of a really stupid system exactly Exactly. Well, my name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm doing most of the talking today. It must be my therapy day on the air. 
Um, and we have as our guest today Doris Rebus Brecky, and we are talking today about the foreclosure process of which both Doris Rebus Brecky and myself, Sandra Beck, have uh, been part of. And we're going to bring Dr. Jody Bramer on uh, in the final segment of our show, which will air in about 15 minutes. And we're going to talk about the psychology behind loss and losing our homes and what we can do about it and um, how we can be part of this foreclosure process without losing our minds. Check us out on <laughs> iTunes, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. You can also find us on TogiNet, which is our home station, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. <laughs> show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these ministry is filled with both highs and lows victories and struggles it can be the best job of the world but it can also be the hardest where do you find the balance between serving god and the joy of truly knowing him wellspring tending the heart of ministry with joanna weaver thursday afternoons at 5 p.m central join us each week as pastor's wife best-selling author and host joanna weaver interviews women who serve god from the heart both those who are well known and those who minister in less visible ways you'll discover tools for the ministry but more importantly you'll learn how to give god access to the deep places in your heart for ministry is more than what we just do in public it is who we are in private wellspring is here to inspire you to look into your heart of hearts and invest in the place ministry truly begins for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so join us for an hour that just might change your life it's wellspring tending the heart of ministry with host joanna weaver thursday afternoons at 5 p.m central on toginet.com the trick to getting published with your host florence blake friday nights at 9 8 central on toginet.com Flo has seen it, done it, and now can share from her experiences as a newspaper staff reporter, feature writer, freelance editor, and college writing instructor. And now Flo has authored a system whereby her students enjoy a 90% success rate in attaining publication of their manuscripts for the first time. In just four years, she has over 800 of her own articles published in national magazines, newspapers, and anthologies. Author of several books, including the powerful memoir, The Sicilian Nobleman's Daughter, Florence has advised and edited professors, deans, PhDs, and hundreds of students' writings before submission. And now it's your turn. Join us Friday nights with your questions. Most of Flo's students say they've learned much and thoroughly enjoyed the journey. It's The Trick to Getting Published with your host, Flo Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. 
Hey guys, this is Sandra of Military Mom Talk Radio, and I am talking about foreclosures today with Doris Rivas Brecky. And uh, for those of you who missed the opening segments, I want you to take a moment and look around your neighborhood and think about if you see anyone who has successfully saved their home. Uh, because I was talking to Doris Rivas Brecky today, I'm talking to some of our listeners online, and I'm getting comments like, you know, I think about it. I know many who vacated the neighborhood after foreclosure. I don't know a lot of people that have saved their homes. And quite frankly, if you saved your home, you'd be running around the neighborhood going, woohoo, I saved my home. Right. So I think you would hear about it more than you would hear about somebody that didn't. I think, think I saw so? somebody. I think I saw somebody on TV. But you know, even if I did see one, that's one out of like I saw the statistics: one in every two hundred and thirty-nine homes are being foreclosed on. So wow! I think I yep. just announced. Did I just announce I was on Military Mom Talk Radio? Am I on the wrong show? You kind of did, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it happens. Somebody just said, hey, San, remember, you're on Motherhood Talk Radio. You know, you knew enough shows. It's just going to happen. So I but apologize I thought you were just that, promoting. the correction. It's Motherhood Talk Radio today. <laughs> I thought you were just promoting military. Oh, that's right. That's what I was doing. I know. <laughs> Silly me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I really don't know where my head's at. Um, you know, but some of those things that it really does, it, Doris, going through the foreclosure process really just, it jacks you up. I don't know any other way to put it. It no. affects your sleep. It affects your eating. It affects your health. It affects your relationships. There's not one part of the foreclosure process that doesn't, touch every core of your being because it's your home i lost hair you did i don't mean to say like you did but yeah your hair did start falling out yep it did and that's stress that is total stress related it's very stressful. It's very stressful. Now, I was only with you through the tail end of it. How do you get through this? I'm going to talk to you about how I got through it. How did you get through it? Well, you know that I'm very much into the whole faith spiritual scene. And I felt like this was part of that journey because I had just gone through the death of my husband and my father. And then I had lost a 20-plus-year business, family business. So I felt that this was part of the journey and that it was, to me, for lack of a better way of explaining, it was a test to see if I could persevere through the trial and tribulation. And so I just constantly was leaning on the Bible, the Word, and my personal relationship with God. That's how I got through it. Otherwise, I, I was, because I'm an alcoholic on top of it, but I'm, I'm uh, celebrating seven-year sobriety next year. I could have easily gone back to drinking had I not had my faith. Oh, yeah. If anything was going to push you back to the bottle, a foreclosure would do that. Well, people brought it up, too. Not you, because you didn't know me when, but people who knew me when said, are you tempted? And I said, no, because I got... I got my faith. 
That is wonderful. I used a different technique. I ranted a lot. I wrote <laughs> letters. I talked to my friends. I, you know, because I spent 10 years in real estate in Beverly Hills, you know, at the executive right. level. I and I called up lenders. I called up mortgage brokers. I called up real estate agents. I asked everybody under the sun, coast to coast, for help. And I, all I could think about during this whole time, um, Doris, was if somebody like me who's already in the industry, supposedly knows some of the ins and outs right right uh-huh, can't save their home right what the hell is the average person supposed to do i know i actually went through that thought too because my husband was an attorney and i consider myself pretty bright so i thought if anybody could ask the right questions if anybody could deal with banks and so forth and plus you know being a former business owner it would be me so I, I agree with what you just said. What does the person who is, you know, maybe not as educated and so forth, if I can't even save my home, who can? That's right. That's right. And it's funny because it's not funny, ha-ha. It's, it's funny, poignant. I know, uh, right. I went, to a, um, I went to a real estate meeting in Beverly Hills about a year ago, and I met with a very powerful real estate company, and you know they were considering hiring me for some of their web and social media stuff, hiring motherhood, actually, not me. But, um, and I sat there, and I was talking to one of the guys that I'm not going to name, but he is a senior executive at one of the top real estate companies in the world, and he's uh-huh. also an attorney. And I asked him, his name's Bob, I said, hey, Bob, how you doing? He says, oh, Sandy, you know, I saw on the internet, I saw your blog post, I saw you lost your home, I'm really sorry. And uh, he said, me too. And I was like, what? You, you? mean he too lost his home? Yeah. I'm like, you're rich. You're the head of a big company. You know, they they, they foreclosed on you too. I mean, I didn't mean to be like, oh my God. Right, right. I'm like, seriously, nobody has a chance against these big banks. Wow. You know, and I'm going to come out and say it because I'm going to challenge anybody who's in the banking industry, and I'm probably going to get my mortgage ripped tomorrow, but (laughs) I'm going to... Going to challenge people in the banking industry to come forward and start telling us about some of the good things they're doing. Tell me about the families that you're keeping in their homes. Tell me about the old men that you don't take their homes away while their wives are dying. Or in my case, you know, a single mother with two kids who's been abandoned. You know, or Doris, your husband died, you know, abandoned through death. Tell me some of those things. Write them in. I want to hear from, you know, Chase and Wells Fargo and Bank of America, I want to hear the success stories because I sure as hell don't see them on the news. I know. And I don't see it on the internet and I'm there all day long. You're right. I mean, now I'm thinking back with all the research I've done and you're totally right. It's almost like a scam. Well, where are the blogs? You know, I, I read blogs all day long. Where are the blogs that say, oh, my gosh, I love bank blah, 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 because they right. have in my home. Right. You know, understand that, you know, the only kind of stories that really get a lot of media play are um, people. Oh, Octomom. There's somebody coming in. Octomom managed to hold on to her house. Uh, no, actually, I, I heard that she's losing it. Oh, well, when we go to break, we're going to look up and see whether she's keeping it or losing (laughs) it. Because, man, if Octomom can't do it, it's just bankers can't do it. Heads of real estate companies can't do it. You know, wives of attorneys and people in the industry can't do it. (laughs) Maybe Octomom can. Right. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like scam, fraud, everything. 
Yeah. Doris, what was the most, what did you feel the most about going through the foreclosure process? Was it fear? Was it sadness? You know, what were the feelings associated with the process? We know mine, frustration and anger. Yes. Most, mostly sadness because I, I loved my place so much. Uh, I'm a, a rosarian. I had over 200 award-winning roses. And I just, I felt like I was losing a part of me that had, that I had worked so hard. Well, 17 years you were in your home. Exactly. And I just couldn't even believe, I mean, eventually I worked through it, but in the beginning it was like, is this really happening? Well, that's true. That's that disbelief, that absolute disbelief where you look around your home and you go, I'm not going to be here anymore. Right. And there's not anything I can do about it. For me, I was also struck by the unbelievable powerlessness. Yes, that's a really good word, powerlessness. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't go back to my place for a long time. I think it was, you know, and I had, I, I, um... I remember going out there to to unload my stuff and it was a six hour drive and I cried the whole way out. I cried the whole way back. I had to pull over. I was by myself. I had to pull over the side of the freeway. I don't know how many times. And I just was sobbing and I didn't even know why, you know, it's like, all I could think of is like, this is just a house. This is just a place where my things are, but it wasn't, it's so much no. more than that. It's your stability. It's your safe place from the world, your haven. It's your heart. Right. Exactly. No, I felt, and I, I think we actually talked about it. I felt again, like I was going through a death. I felt the same way as I did when my husband passed. Those same feelings. Those same feelings of of loss. Loss, loss, just just really deep, deep sadness, loss. I mean, the good news about all of this is that you and me and all the people that I know who have lost their homes have moved on. You know, they've gone and moved into new places. Some of them maybe even bought, you know, after a couple of years, bought a new place. Um, you have moved on. I have moved on. You know, this, the sadness is still there. Um, I can tell you three years later, I'm still shocked when I think back that it's gone. Right. You know, so oh, I don't sure. think it's something. I don't think it's something that goes away. Uh, you know, overnight. I don't think it's something you get over. You know, some people are like, "Well, get over it," and you know, I don't think it's something you get over. I think it's more something you learn to live with. Exactly. You yeah. Know? No, I think I'm. I think I'm still actually in shock. I think so. I think so. I mean, as being there for you, at least in the end, every step of the way, I mean, you were just like a machine, you know, packing up, getting your stuff, cleaning, doing the things you needed to do. Right, right. Well, I had to because... uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I I, I said I had to because I had a timeline because I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but I was involved in that, what they call that cash for key program where they were giving me money to get out by a certain time. Right, but that's only available in California and a handful of other states. Most people just turn the keys over or they oh, really? just or they oh, get evicted. Okay. Yeah, that's not a nationwide program. Um but uh one of the things that happened when I watched Doris move this out, move out, you know, you're already hard strapped for cash and then you got to move all this stuff and we all know moving is very expensive. Well, my oh, name yeah. is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm on the right show this time. We're going <laughs> to come back. <laughs> 
from the break with Dr. Jody Bramer, and she is going to talk to me and Doris. She's going to shrink my head. She's going to shrink my anger. She's going <laughs> to console and comfort Doris because we deal with the foreclosures in our lives in completely different manners. Doris turned to faith. I turned to my poor mom and dad who had to listen to me rant and rave every day. Uh, I feel sorry for you guys, the listeners, because you had to uh, listen to me rant and rave. But my hope in the rant and rave is that you will recognize that what you're feeling is normal and it's part of the process. And you can see this between me and Doris, flip sides of the coin, going through the same process. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these how to invest where to invest where to save where to get the right insurance what to do about taxes should i relocate my business or ever purchase a property that's where go to my radio show comes in join host chris holt tuesday afternoons at one pacific three central on go to my choose the right financial professional and learn more about the products and services while learning the terminology and strategies used by these professionals go to my radio show is unbiased and chris holt your host will ask the hard questions and take calls to help you connect with the right professional who can help you better handle your financial and business choices. Go to My Radio Show is not a financial services company and does not offer any financial advice, but we will help you make the right choice when it comes to planning your financial future. And most of all, choosing the right program and the right professional for you. Go to My Radio Show with Chris Holt, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Pacific, 3 Central on GoToMyRadioShow.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on DougieNet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and we are at the positive part of our foreclosure show. We've talked a lot about the feelings and the situation that has brought us both, Doris Rivas Brecky and myself, Sandra Beck, to uh, and through the foreclosure process. We've talked a little bit about the feelings. For those of you that missed today's earlier show, please check it out on toginet.com. You can also check it out on iTunes and on motherhoodtalkradio.com. We are going to bring on 
Dr. Jody Bramer, and she's been listening to the show since the beginning. So I'm just going to say, Dr. Jody, welcome. You are the author of Dating After Divorce. You are a counselor that specializes in lots of things. I met you through Military Mom Talk Radio. So what do you think after listening to me and Doris for 45 minutes? Well, I think both of you have managed to cope with a serious, serious issue in a very positive way. Uh, there's no way to put a good spin on losing your home. Uh, Doris, I think you had said earlier, it, it's like a death, and yes. it absolutely is. It's a death of what you hoped would be. It's a death of a plan that you and your family had for the future. It's the death of a dream. I mean, you buy a house and you make it into a home, and there's a big difference between a house and a home. When you lose a house, it's, you know, you, it's, it's an object, but when you lose a home, you're losing a part of you. And to have anybody say that it's, it's not huge would be, would be ridiculous. Um, it, yeah, it's, but they do. I, it, it's unbelievable. You have to go through the same stages in dealing with a loss of any kind as you would a home. Uh, there, there are stages of grief. Uh, grief. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote about the five stages being denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And right. uh, yeah, They don't go off, in that order all the time, do they, Dr. <laughs> Jody? Because I'm no. still in the anger. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, it's like a pendulum. It swings back and forth constantly, and it's kind of like a pit in the pendulum. You swing back and forth, and you come out the other side, and then you flip and you go back again. And, um, Sandra, you've got the anger down. You've, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the bargaining is where we think, okay, we'll, fall, we'll, we'll jump through the hoops, we'll go to whatever lengths the banks want us to, and maybe we'll salvage it. And then when we realize that it isn't happening, we fall into depression oftentimes. It's a normal state. It's, a, it's an expected state. How could you not be depressed about losing your job? Um, the normal progression, though, of coming out of a grief or loss state is to, after you alternate between denial, this isn't really happening, this can't be happening, to anger, dang it, it's happening, I don't know what I can say on radio, to um, all the depression and the bargaining and everything that went into it, hopefully we come out the other side. And people mistake acceptance as being, I'm okay with it. They think that's acceptance, and it isn't acceptance. Acceptance is, this sucks. This isn't what I want. I don't want this to happen, but I accept that this is what it is, and therefore I have to move on. And that's an important stage to go through. You can still be angry. You can still be sad. You can still be everything. But when you can come out the other end and say, okay, this is what it is, there is still a life ahead of me. Let me figure out how to do, how to cope, how to deal with everything that did, and look toward the light, literally look toward the sunshine, look toward right. getting out of the pit and moving forward with your life and thinking, okay, what do I have to do next to make another life for myself? Well, and Jody, that's such a good point that you made. And, you know, and I want to clarify for the anger part of it. It's like, am I angry that I lost my place? No, I'm over that part of it. But what I'm really angry about is the ongoing jumping through hoops that my friends and my family and my neighbors and everybody I see, it's the same thing over and over. And that one, it's like it opens a little scab for me, but it's frustrating because we can't, we can't seem to resolve this 
housing crisis in our country. And when we turn on the news, Jody, would you just like, for me, I just stopped blocking out the news. I just stopped <laughs> looking at the housing stuff. I'm like, I'm so disgusted, yeah. you know. Um, but when you've lost your home and then you have all these visual reminders of you right on your own street, you even said in your own neighborhood you've got some. In my own neighborhood, I've had two or three houses just on my particular half of my street where they've gone into foreclosure. And you see the sign go up and you see it bank owned and, and you walk by and suddenly the people who are there, they've stopped talking to you for a while because they've gone into their cocoon of, everything that they're going through and suddenly they're gone and a sign is up in the front yard and you, sometimes you have no idea what even happened and that that it, it's a it's a reality and it hits you in the face and the way that some people manage it um, sometimes it's healthier than others actually ranting and being angry at the banks is a very healthy outlet because there let's face it there's there's a lot of fault there um, an unhealthy way would be to turn to a substance like drink heavily or, or any other substance that would not be addressing the issue. Right. Um, sometimes people fall into an actual clinical or chemical depression where if you don't come out the other side of this pit, of this pendulum, and realize, okay, I've got to move forward, um, that's when you might want to start looking into seeing a doctor about maybe some symptoms that you're having trouble overcoming by yourself. Knowing that depression is a normal state, it's, a, it's, a, it's an expected state for something as tragic as, as foreclosure or any loss, uh, that, that's to be expected. It's the ability to come out the other side. That so, Jody, how do you know when... It's enough. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, how, like, let's take Doris. Doris is, you know, 10 days ago, whatever, lost her home. She's moved out. She's living in this temporary location. Her stuff is between, you know, here in San Diego, Los Angeles and San Diego. How long? I mean, I hate to go, like, does she get two weeks? Does she get four weeks? Does she get six weeks? How would she know when she needs help? How would I know as her friend when to intervene and go, okay, we got to get you some help, honey? There are some classic signs of depression that go above and beyond just the cycle of grief. Um, some of them are pretty standard, you know, difficulty concentrating, making decisions. You don't want to make any decisions when you're in the middle of a depression or when you're dealing with something huge like a foreclosure. Uh, fatigue, decreased energy, feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness, uh, hopelessness, pessimism, uh, sleeping too much, sleeping too little, irritability, restlessness. Um, a big one is loss of pleasure in everyday events or even sex, things that used to give you pleasure that no longer give you pleasure. Even when you're going through a terrible loss, sometimes you can go out with the girls and, and have it pick you up temporarily, or you can take pleasure in your children, or you can take pleasure in, in something. And when you realize that you're not taking pleasure in anything or it's not giving you the kind of pleasure it used to, that's kind of a good signal. Um, a lot of times your body will tell you that something is wrong. You'll have a lot of headaches or stomach aches or, or aches and pains that can't be accountable by, by the flu. Um, sad thoughts, anxious thoughts, empty feelings. And, of course, the big one, uh, the biggest one, is if you start having any suicidal thoughts. If you start mm. thinking life is better off without me in it, um, maybe I shouldn't be here, maybe... Maybe this is too hard for me to handle. Maybe everybody else would be better without me here. When you start thinking those things, it would be normal to have it 
slip through your mind that, oh, my God, I wish I wasn't in this. But it's different altogether when you think, I don't want to be here. And yeah, but... But Jody, don't you think that, ha you know, for like, like when my mom died and when my divorce happened and when my foreclosure happened, you know, it all happened in the same span of time, you know, I did have, you know, it would flash in my head going, God, I'd rather be dead than go through this stuff. Or it'd be so easy just to go over this, you know, I live on a canyon, so I'd go over this canyon and it'd be just done. Yeah. You know, when do those, like, because, you know, I had those fleeting thoughts. I don't think I was serious about them. I, no, I don't know. No, those are, those are called ideations, suicidal ideations. And it's important to make note of how often you have them or how long of a period of time you have them for. If they last more than a couple of weeks with an ongoing every day or several days a week thought, you may want to get some help. Uh, it would be very realistic and normal to think, God, I, I'd rather die than go through this. Um, it's another thing to say, I want to kill myself because I don't want to go through this. People want to die because they want to escape the pain. And the pain is real. But the pain is something you have to go through to get to the other side. I mean, people, when I talk about the grief process and the, the pendulum and the swinging, they say, well, I don't want to go through those. I just want to get, jump to the other side of the pit. And I say, well, <laughs> we, do, we all do. But you have to go through those feelings in order to get to the other side and be healthy. You have to feel those feelings. And unfortunately, depression is one of the most um, uncomfortable of the feelings. Anger is empowerment. We can be angry all the time because we feel empowered. But depression really makes us feel helpless. Um, right. We don't, we don't want to stay in the depression state too long. Well, and angry helps us keep our house clean. Like when I'm mad, when I think about all this stuff, I'm cleaning my kitchen. I'm, you know, oh, out there weed whacking. You know, you, you do. You're right. You get a lot of energy. That's but how then my when you're, knows I'm angry at him. Is that clean? Oh, <laughs> But, you know, when you're depressed, when you're sad, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. You're right. It's like each emotion has its flip side of energy level. Yes. Yes. And just to realize that part of depression or part of the, the, of the grief cycle is depression, knowing that that's going to come in and of itself is not the scary thing. It's the scary thing when we get stuck, when our friends notice that, they're just not coming out of it, that they can't change their thoughts, that they might need some help. Just like you and Doris, you both had very strong support systems. Uh, Sandra, you had your mother. Doris, she had her, you had her faith, your faith. Those are very strong. We're most concerned when people don't have a strong support system to lean on. Right. Yeah, that would be a nightmare. I mean, when I think back of all the hours I spent on the phone crying to my mom, you know, whether it was for her illness, the divorce, the um, the foreclosure, whatever it is, having her to go to and say it's going to be fine, even though I had no idea why it would be fine, but she would just say that and I'd feel better. But you're right, that support is a big part of it. Absolutely. We well, you guys, I hate to end this because it's been so much fun. I won't, well, I didn't say it's fun. It's been interesting. It's been enlightening. Uh, Dr. Jody Bramer, thank you for joining us today on Motherhood Talk Radio and talking about depression. You can check her out at uh, jodybramer.com. Uh, Doris Rivas Brecky, Daily Dialogue with Doris.com. She is also uh, on Military Mom Talk Radio with me on Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. My name is Sandra Beck, and for those of you going through a foreclosure process. I wish you Godspeed. I wish you peace and comfort. And I hope that you're the one person that I hear about that saves their home. <laughs>
you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Grontoginet.com. Join us every Tuesday as we